Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. And we're the three best friends that anybody could have. We're the three best friends that anyone could have. Welcome to the party, pal. Did we just become best friends? Yup. Oh, Steve understands the meaning of the word pals, don't you, Steve? So you got three, four good pals. Well, then you got yourself a tribe. As you're in this search for something today, I can feel you rally around someone with your peers. But can you stand alone? Can you take the long way home? Cause I've been in the circle a hundred times before, and I feel safer in the eye of the storm. You can throw the stones, I'm only playing for you. One day! Can't trust it, that's right! But you can trust this show. You can trust my guest today. It's a Palazzo Pal special edition. We go about 45, 50 minutes, one-on-one. Myself, Michael Govier, and my guest today... On the Palazzo Podcast, two L's, two Z's on Twitter. That's where you can find the free Discord, Patreon, if you want to go even farther. You know how to do that. You know how it works. If you want it, do it. If you don't, don't. Today's guest is a man that I've known for a bit now, and he's a Canadian. And my girlfriend's Canadian. So I like Canadians just a little bit more than your typical United States American does. And I think think the Canadians, they bring something to the table more than just their politeness. They know baseball. And there is a huge contingent of Canadians who know fantasy baseball more than there ever has been really it's a it's an impressive list so much so that they have their own league now in uh, the earth world which is fantastic so if you don't know what earth is check it out i'm in glarf that's part of earth there's 10 leagues with regional leagues all over the country but today's guest is part of the dingers podcast it's a dynasty focused podcast but he knows everything about fantasy baseball that you need to know about he co-hosts it with ty childs he's my friend he's a fine human being. It's Robbie Baseball! Thank you for the short introduction. Happy to be here. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I tried. I could have gone a lot longer, believe me, but I tightened it up a little bit, you know. You know, in the end, Robbie, you know this better than anybody. Uh, Just Bob's here. Hello again. That's right. I just did a show with Deary, the main show, the big show, if you will, about an hour ago. This is the Plotso Pals. Just me and Robbie one-on-one talking about stuff. It'll be half fantasy baseball and half not fantasy baseball so you never know actually he knows all the questions at hand but in the end robbie always know if the juice is worth the squeeze always Mm, absolutely like a bag of sand you know like a bag of sand (laughs) (laughs) that's good that's good uh actually you're going to be on the cinema nine podcast my movie pod next week that's going to be exciting too so we're going to get up i'm going to get a full dose kaboom baby wow the Fast yeah. and the Furious. I've never seen it. I've never DVD. actually seen it. This yeah. has the interlude between the first and the second, um, which makes it all come together. And huh. I, I will say no more. I will say no more. Yeah, for I don't know what you're podcast. talking about. Yeah, which is yeah. the best part. 
<laughs> I, well, it's always cool when somebody brings a movie that I've never actually seen. You know, the Fast and the Furious has been, <laughs> it's been it's, parodied. It's, out it's been, yeah. it's, it's out it's there. Out yeah, there. I mean, yeah. you are, oh, you called it. Just Bob knows what you're doing. He caught you there. Well done, Just boy. Bob. For a Yankee fan, I'll I'll take praise. I, 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 I'm glad uh, that you got the movie. I will tell you, I know he's got the Yankees uh, insignia there, but he's a mm-hmm. really good dude. I've I've overcome it, and you should too. I'll try, but I do have the F the Yankees mindset, just like F the Red Sox. Oh, yeah. Um, and the Tampa Bay, we just kind of ignore, you know. Um, you, you don't have to worry about them. And then Baltimore, it's like, yeah, well, we'll see, because I like their players, but uh, they're good enough without being good uh, that, you know, you can enjoy Baltimore. Plus, I feel bad for Alex Fast, you know, so. <laughs> Did you know, but don't feel so bad. Did you know, uh, you probably do know because you are a Jays fan and they are in your division, but the Orioles were only 32 and 39. That's amazing to me in that yeah. division. And and that's the thing is, is you get a lot of in-division, um, uh, the roller coaster ride when you're in and out of the division. Um, and, and right now with the Jays, I don't think they've played Baltimore a whole lot at the moment. Um, so there's a whole bunch of games where they, they get to either, you know, beat up on or be competitive against. And then that'll, that'll really determine what's going on. It's like the Yankees, you know, you got to play the Yankees. You can look at a good record. You can beat up on uh, whoever you want to beat up on outside of your division, but it's all those games inside. So for Baltimore, we'll see if they're really good, which the pitching certainly looks like it. It's not, but um, you know, they're a powerful lineup and I was hoping for more from the time the year started. So I did see um, somebody just posted up, two L's, two Z's. And I wanted to say, Govier, I know once upon a time you were talking about coming to Canada, whether you are or not, it's Jasper, who I hear you talk about a lot. Hello, Jasper. I love Pleasure. Jasper. He lives um, in Indiana. You ever been to Indiana? I have. I have, okay. yes. Um, if you if you become a Canadian or just on Canadian soil, I think you need to officially change the two L's, two Z's to two L's, two Z's. He's <laughs> English, my friend. <laughs> I'm a problem solver, all right? This is, this is what I do. Yeah, Absolutely. you are a problem solver. I got to tell you, I, I haven't officially published it, but I will be living on Canadian soil partly, but I'm not actually, it looks like I'm not going to make the full commitment as of now. We still have the house lined up, which we move into in about three weeks. Oh, so wow. It's a, it's a okay. rental, though. So it's a rental for a year. So I will be staying yeah, yeah. there as much well, as I can one. without telling Canada. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah it's wonderful news for me. Look at me. Yeah. I love Canada. I would love to live there, but I think Leanne, my girlfriend, she wants to give the United States a try. So we might reverse it actually. Oh, okay. Next summer. Plus, we would have had to have gotten, 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 gotten. We'd have gotten to married very quickly, and that uh, was something we weren't prepared to do because immigration requires you to do so if you want to live well, there. As I talked to you about a long time ago now, um, with my sister moving, yes. so she ended up she married American uh, second time out. She went with a lovely American woman and who's from Erie, PA, and Ooh. they are now living in um, in Orlando, just outside Orlando. So oh, they live in Orlando. Uh, wow. Yeah. Like neither of them had ever lived there. And now uh, so what they did was they bought a, a house. Uh, I don't know if they actually went and physically were in the house or not. They went and had like a weekend where they looked at homes and things like that. But my sister was living in Canada. Um, her wife lived in uh, Erie for a year and a half before they actually lived together. Like they were married, sorry, for a year and a half before they actually lived together. So I, I'm well aware of how, you know, um, confusing or just how like annoying that process can be. So for you coming the other way, uh, I, I appreciate the effort that you're putting in to come to the country. If it doesn't work out and you end up taking a good Canadian with you, 
Um, that's fine. She was raised well, I'm sure. Yeah, I know it's controversial, but hey, that's, you know, that's how the cookie crumbles. Jasper says, hiya, how's it going? Well, we're, we're doing well. Rob, you can speak for yourself, of course. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine, It's Friday okay? afternoon, okay? I'm good. Yeah, My kid came home from school. Uh, I've got pizza dough resting right now while we're doing this, and then it's pizza night tonight, so. So uh, we're going to talk about some food in the show. We're going to do uh, 11 things with Robbie. That's what I do on this Palazzo Pals. This is a new thing. This is the third one of these. I come up with 11 instead of 10 just because I try to be a little bit more creative. These go to 11. You know, that, yeah, of course. Sure. I got to come up with something. I can't just do it boring, old-fashioned way. And uh, we'll talk about food. But so were you a chef? Are you currently a chef? Still am. Yeah. Still, still are a chef. chef. Uh, but I do, I do a lot of things. So I, I'm a chef at uh university in university of waterloo it's that's right i knew that uh and then i i take the summer layoff and i i side hustle year round but then i make the side hustle into more of a full-time thing i do boat and canoe repair because Mm. that's just something that people don't do uh fiberglass work and things like that so i i like to buy the buy the old crummy things fix them up restore them refurbish put them back out on the water so that's just like a little thing that i've been doing um, but yeah, I'm a chef trained, you know, gave up 14, whatever. I, I figured it out before when I was looking at your questions, I think it was 14 straight years, um, where any holiday you can think of, I was working, feeding families instead of enjoying any of my own personal life. And then, uh, when I was 35, I sold my restaurant and, uh, reassessed how life needed to be. And now I am living a, a much happier life where I've got home and work-life balance managed much better. So. Wow. Good for yeah. you, buddy. That's wonderful. That's right. I I forgot about that. But that means that you've been in the trenches. So we're going to talk some bit 100%. about some of that stuff. Don't forget that Robbie hosts the Dingers podcast, okay? It's done quite well with his Canadian partner, Ty Childs. And they talk Dynasty. But, I mean, you guys know fantasy baseball. I mean, but you do focus on Dynasty. That's fair to say. Yeah, absolutely. We we will also look at trends because that's the big hip thing now. And we've talked recently, our, we recorded last night, we were discussing the fact that there are a lot of content creators who change lists in season for dynasty rankings and prospect rankings. And how does that convolute dynasty players' minds? And, you know, a, a really good mm-hmm. entrenched dynasty guy is going to ignore in-season lists a lot more than someone who's newer to it because they're going to say, oh, new, this is new you know this is new information for me i'm going to take it in um and and we actually got into like the j2 classes dating back to 2015 just so that people understand you have to take like we call it the dynasty mindset you can't just redraft your way through a dynasty season or you're going to be screwed um you've got to think long term and make slow plays and not like drastic roster moves over and over uh you know if if someone has a good two weeks that doesn't mean you throw your first round draft pick at them you know that kind of stuff in dynasty that really really burns a lot of people um but yeah on the podcast we like to explore those things and i've got a website that i put up more so from show topics that just became content that i wanted to to explore a little further it's robbiebaseball.com um and and on that i have the blog set up where i'll put kind of show notes and things like that but it's also like i look at guys at AAA and double a who nobody give a crap about or don't yet give give a crap about oscar gonzalez who is somebody that i think we're gonna talk about i randomly discussed him in early may and i was watching him and i'm like geez like you know click on youtube like let's watch him swing 
this is a guy, you know, and now we're Ooh. seeing what, you know, seeing that bear fruit. And then you, you have to figure out, is it popular in Dynasty or is it going to be popular in Redraft? And sometimes the Yerman Mercedes of it all screws you. So. Oh, he was just traded to the Giants, I believe. I know. Giants, Giants been and busy. Willie They're, Calhoun. There it is. Yep. <laughs> They're picking up the leftovers, the remains of some players that didn't quite work out for certain organizations. And these days, do you believe, uh, real quickly, the Giants are miracle workers? Uh, you look at how they've been able to disperse talent, Darren Ruff, particularly. Uh, I'm, I'm certainly interested when they get a guy, but every team fails with 15 guys every year. So I'm not saying, oh, you're a Mercedes got to go get them. Um, I'm certainly just, I'm looking at it, right? Like you still got to beat the Dodgers at the end of the day. You've got to construct a lineup to win against a lefty heavy, like starting, uh, rotation in LA. And I think that's why San Francisco does a lot of things they do as well, right? They're designing themselves to beat or win to win their division rather. So, uh, I don't know. I I'm not going crazy anytime they get anybody, though, that's for sure. Oh, well, okay, that's your right. I mean, even though Canadians <laughs> have less rights than the United States people. You know. What? Come on now. <laughs> Free that was, clearly, that was Free clearly a joke. That was, yeah, clearly that was an exaggeration, especially today. What a nightmare. Uh, maybe I really should move to Canada now. What the fuck am I doing? I, I think maybe Leanne might reconsider things after today. In fact... I'm realizing this now in real time. Shit. Wow. Okay. Who knows? Maybe things will change. Future but conversation to have, right? Future. Yes. Maybe a private conversation, not one to have on <laughs> not, a YouTube. Not one for podcasting. Of, <laughs> in front of like, yeah. you know, the there's streaming. like eight people watching, dude. Wow. Okay. So, and by the way, I appreciate every single one of you who yeah, are they all watching. They're the yeah, best right, they do. The are you kidding ones. me? The last show we just did with Deary, it was great. Three people signed up for the Patreon. You guys made my day. You made my oh, week. Thanks. It was so cool. So thank you to everybody. Round of applause. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Monetize. Nice. Yeah. Oh, you know, we're trying to do it outside the bun here, you know? I mean, that's what you want to do here. I thought you were cool, man. I am cool. I'm very cool. And so is Robbie. Make sure you follow him on Twitter, please. And follow Ty. Shout out to Ty. I love Ty. He's a great dude. And... I want to make sure that you guys give you know, give the support to these guys because they deserve it. And the show they do is cool. They're funny, insightful, and they're just cool people. And if they weren't cool people, I'd probably say something like, eh, you know, these guys are doing something. You know, there's something going down there. I'd probably, I don't know, drag it out, exaggerate it. So, but I thought you were cool, man. Well, I guess I'm not anymore. So <laughs> uh, Donovan Miller's here. He said, wish I could make them all. I always catch the pods after if I don't. That's right. If you're listening to this now in the podcast format, that's okay, too. We, I mean, in fact, that's great. Some people prefer it that way, but some people like to see our faces for some reason, Robbie. I'm not sure why, but that's we offer this facial faces. Hair. Yeah. yeah, we both. It's got to be the. You got a much thicker. Uh, you got a good a, thick one. I do, and I've trimmed this up. This is also a, a shirt from high school. I just realized that I'm wearing. Um, oh, go Vikings. So, yeah, Viking, it was Mishpacotton. Uh, Mishpacotton. Northern Ontario. Yeah, Northern Ontario. So I do have I do have the Michigan connection, which is just, you know, maybe it'll come up. Now we're on Cinema 9 even. Um, but, you know, Frankenmuth as a stopping point driving up through uh, through the UP. I worked in Gaylord, Michigan for a summer at Treetops Resort. You know, I'm, I'm oh, in Trent. Oh, Treetops. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Love, love You're that. You're too place. kind, Jasper. You're too kind. We love you, Jasper. You're a great human being. Thank you, Jasper. Sweet man he is. Treetops is a classy place, by the way. Once upon a time, it was it was busting and booming and looking things were looking good. Um, 
And uh, then I think I had like a 15 year period where I didn't visit. And when I went back, it looked exactly the same, but the paint had faded. You know, they hadn't put any money in. Uh, And it was one of those, you know, economics, right? Economics. But either way, love love the golf courses there. Uh, And love love that outdoor lifestyle that, you know, pure Michigan, baby. You still golf? You're a golfer? Uh, I do not still golf, but I own clubs and could go out. I was once a budding golf professional and then put that aside. Wow. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, golf pro in Canada is very hard to do, right? We got the Wow, dude. Exactly, Chris. It's like being being a a baseball player in Michigan. You know, you get so many rainouts in high school baseball during the first month or so, and you you just can't compete with what they're doing down south. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right about that. All right, well, let's uh, get into it, Dan. Let's get into these 11 things that we're going to cover with Robbie. Let's go to 11. And the first one is this. Five guys to trade for right now. Robbie Baseball, give us five guys to trade for right now. Okay, I picked these five guys all because I can explain it in the exact same way. Uh, Tristan McKenzie, Ranger Suarez, Daniel Lynch, Harrison Bader, and Matt Verling. Uh, McKenzie, Suarez, and Lynch are all up and down. The stat lines don't look good. So if the casual person in your league has them, you can certainly convince them that they can be had. If you are are a Yahoo player and they do the last two weeks, last month, you know, season thing, which a lot of people like to do, um, none of those lines look elite for any of those guys, but they can all put it together. Tristan McKenzie amongst that core uh, has amazing stretches. So you can ride him, and every year he seems to be a little better for a little longer. And he still has the blow-ups, for sure. And Ranger Suarez, we all know what he did last year, overachieving. But that doesn't mean that they're they're going to be terrible. I think your worst-case scenario with each of those three guys is they continue to do exactly what they've been doing. And that's okay. you know. So I think those are guys that I want to get where I'm like, well, I don't think they're going to be worse. And they're already fine as far as you know, big dynasty league thinking here, 15-teamer uh, and up even. And then Harrison Bader's got a billion stolen bases and a billion stolen base potential. Mm-hmm. And his average is okay this year. So you just have to punt. If you're an OBP OPS, that's not your favorite format for Harrison Bader, but that's okay. Uh, you also, five outfielder leagues, he's rostered. So there you go. And then Matt Veerling could just be kind of turning it around, getting some consistent playing time in Philly. Um, and and that's that's where, you, you know, in my mind, I like to take shots on those guys because he was somebody who came up last year, hit for average, something he'd never done before. Uh, Reese McGuire once upon a time did that with Toronto (laughs) and uh, Veerling might just be kind of settling in a little bit here. So those are five guys that I'm interested in for sure. Wow. Okay. Well done. Always know if the juice is worth the squeeze. There it is. Robbie knows that as well as anybody. That's why he put his name on it with those five guys. Uh, Matt Veerling is intriguing to me. And so is Ranger Suarez because the Phillies have had such a radical transformation. Right. The removal of Joe Girardi and what they're calling the, what do they call it? The daycare. All the youngsters are called the daycare now. And yeah. what? Okay. Well, you know, Hey, it's baseball. We got to have fun. You you build some fun into it, right? Look at what the Jays do with the jacket, right? You hit a home run or you have an amazing start or whatever. You get that funny jacket and jacket is sweet. I thought it was the best thing in all of baseball of all these hats and all these trophies for hitting a home run. I love that jacket. And you know who you could, what professional sport you can thank for bringing fun into college football. No, sorry. No, no. NHL. Oh, NHL. oh what? Because way back, even when I played junior in the late 90s, it was a thing where if you did something well, you got the whatever to wear after the game to do what. And that was a thing. It was uh-huh. always a thing. 
growing up where you would have that kind of, you know, which became like a championship belt for a long time, right? Was if you were the team MVP, boom. So you can thank the NHL, everybody. All right. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, what the hell do I know? I'm, yeah, I'm stunned. I'm stunned again. I'm so stunned right now. Double stunned. I, was, I thought it was college football, but they. <laughs> well, that's I'm also so not a pro stunned. sport. That's not a pro sport. So we can. I mean, they're they. It should. Is it? Should be. Is it? It should I be. Mean, well, if you look at the stadiums is. and the money and the hey. things that can depress us all, but uh, I mean, it basically I'm, is now with nil. It's to, It's all. It's a pro sport. Right. Let's, let's not even. Let's not okay. stand on ceremony. I've heard that said before. Have you heard that phrase? No, but it sounds interesting sounds dated <laughs> yeah we're not standing on ceremony here on the plotso podcast two whales two z's we're live with robbie baseball Utah. make sure you Give follow him connect with the dingers podcast give it a five-star review come on take it up a notch connect yeah, with these people cool. ty and robbie know what they're doing question number two some of these are questions some of them are statements i suppose there are 11 things that's all i know these go to 11 how has russell crowe impacted your life well, as you saw my answer, sadly, he hasn't. Um, but Emilio oh. Estevez, oh, the mighty duck man himself. Oh, uh, yeah. No, but Russell Crowe, not so much. There's that movie he did a few years ago uh, where he was like the um, road rage guy. And oh, that yeah. movie for a little bit was good. It, and then it, it, you know, like his body, it went off the rails. Um, hey, so, yeah. Hey, you know, some people pack on the pounds. I mean, I've packed on the pounds. It happens. I am not the same, you know, six foot, 160 pound guy I once was either. So, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, man. Okay. Yeah. You know your movies. I like that. By the way, a new Elvis movie uh, is out. Are you excited about that at all? Uh, No. And I'm only not excited about it because I want to come into some things blind. And I think the Elvis movie is a good one to come into blind. It's like the Marvel Cinematic Universe I keep thinking it'd be really interesting to watch it in order. So I've gotten to a certain point because when, um, what was the, uh, oh, sugar snap, the on Disney Plus, one of the first series that came out where it was, it's the couple. Um, see, yeah, this WandaVision. WandaVision, thank you. Uh, I was like, oh, I'll start watching it. And then I got a couple episodes in. I'm like, well, maybe I should know the full backstory. So why don't I watch everything in order? And then I'm like, you idiot. Look what you, you were just going to enjoy a show. <laughs> and now you've, and now, so now I feel this pressure to watch it all. Yeah. It's much like the Star Wars, right? You're, you you want to really get into it? You should watch them all. Um, so I do, I do watch, you know, I watch a lot of movies and things in my downtime when I'm not watching YouTube videos on how to fix everything I own that's broken. So Oh, that sounds like fun. You guys have a lot of fun over there, don't you? Uh, by the way, that name of the movie you mentioned was called Unhinged. Russell Crowe right. is unhinged. He can he happen. He was. He, he can so happen angry. to anyone. He can happen to anyone. Wow, that's fun. Uh, there's a new Marvel movie out today as well, Thor Love and Thunder. So you're way behind, oh. man. Yeah. Huh. Have, well, have you seen all the Thors? I don't know. <laughs> you would. It, you would. Because one of them exactly. sucks real bad. Maybe two of yeah. them stink, actually. Yeah. Ragnarok is the one that everyone was like, oh, it's fun, right? That's, that's a great fun. one. Yeah. That's yeah. a good okay. one. Yeah. So Taika with yeah. Titi. It was like Civil War. When I was watching that, I'm like, this is just like a lot of stuff going on. And then when, <laughs> when you hear other people who try, you know, they, they're out there talking about giving off their opinions. And like, if you have to get into a lot of portals, you know that the writers are struggling. And I'm like, I don't want to think about the writers when I'm thinking about a movie. I want to watch the movie and, you know, be in that moment. And I feel like some of those movies take me out. And then when you have your phone, that's like the worst thing that can happen, right? It's always a good mm. idea to just remove your phone from the equation when you want to you know, engulf or immerse yourself in anything. So. Wow. Yeah. 
You have failed. Yeah, not you, but the writers failed. Yes. All right. Next thing, Robbie Baseball. Will you defend head-to-head fantasy baseball. Defend head-to-head for us. Ride or die head-to-head. I always talk about this in my weekly Fantrax article called the Fantasy Baseball Confidential. That I love head-to-head. It doesn't get enough respect. It kind of gets shit on by some of the people in the biz. So defend head-to-head fantasy baseball. All right. Well, allow me to get on my. Um soapbox if you will and i will say this i will say excuse me everyone why don't you defend roto why don't you defend (laughs) best ball and the people who say there's skill to it defend two catcher nfbc big money leagues defend the weight and the 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 ability that that people who create content give to 15 team leagues and up myself included when the bulk are 10 and 12 team leagues they're redrafts there's no middle there's no corner infielders. There's three outfielders, not five. Uh, defend drafting in November and patting yourself on the back if your roster turns out to be good. Come on. You know, yeah. defend that. Defend save-only leagues. That's not the world we live in anymore, people. Defend leagues where you have no IR, no trading, and you can't pick up rookies until the week following their debut. Come on. Head-to-head is baseball. It's sport. The ebb and you have failed. Season. Versus individual performances, bumping up a team in one category and putting them down in another is stupido. One player never wins a game, but can contribute to the overall outcome of a team. Head-to-head is fantasy baseball. Thanks for having me on. Take care, everyone. Okay, bye-bye. All right. (laughs) Yeah, hell yeah. That's what I'm talking about. That's passion, that's intensity, and it was substantial. That's the key there. Head-to-head is what most of us love. We grew up on it. Everybody that I ever knew started on Yahoo doing a head-to-head league, and that's just the way it was, especially maybe it's a Midwest thing. I don't know. Maybe it's different outside of the Midwest, but everybody I ever knew, that's what we did, and that was more than okay with us. And a lot of it was just public leagues with strangers. And then you might, like, I know for myself, it's like I played in public Yahoo leagues and I had friends who played in public Yahoo leagues, but we were too stupid to realize that, hey, you know, we should, we should play against each other. Um, (laughs) So it was always just like, look at my team and look at my team. And uh, I lived in Calgary in the like 2005 to seven range and um, two hours different, you know, mountain time. So I would watch, uh, that was back when I was doing my, my golf pro dream, moved to Calgary to try to pursue that. And the saddle uh, dome. Yeah, absolutely. 5 p.m. Uh, mountain time. The Jays games were starting back on the East Coast and everybody was out on the golf course at five o'clock. So I always got to watch Blue Jays baseball and even set up the pro shop that I worked in. We we called it pro shop baseball and we we would throw and hit to each other inside a pro shop. So stupid. But I mean, you know, when you're in your very early 20s, <laughs> that's what you did. Um, but it yeah, it was always like small leagues and things like that. And I know our dynasty podcast, we we try to go bigger because we're looking outside the top kind of 900 guys that are known, you know, the prospects, the impact players, the 26 man on rosters. And we're looking for who's next and who's next. That's not highly touted. Cause I think that's, that's fun to me. I don't, I don't know. Maybe I suck. No, that's everything. No, that's my life, but that's, that's what makes me excited. That. And when my wife gives me the possibility of snuggles, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, that's right. Flawless victory. Wow. (laughs) 
Uh, man, I'm with you, bro. I love what you say. And that's why Robbie Baseball's the man. I'm not just saying that. I would tell people this off air. I really would. Jasper says, my home league, 40-man roster, seven games per position requirement. Sometimes need to roster three catchers. Good Lord. Disgusting. So you must have uh, Servin with Colorado then, Jasper, because <laughs> yeah. if you need three catchers, the moment he came up, and I, I, again, this is another guy I was looking at in April because he just had some walks. And I'm like, how boring is the catcher position? And then you start to look a little further and you're like, well, it's Colorado catcher. It's a Colorado catcher. You know, it's that like Tom Murphy in your brain. I don't know. It's you know? that's that boring, though. There's a, there's a few catchers oh, a, now. Yeah, yeah. There's totally a skill to it. Like if you were going to pick the position that sucks the most in baseball, you you actually have to think about it. You can't just say it's catcher. You know, right. like second base is not contributing like it's supposed to should. And four years ago, it was like before Tatis and story and everybody broke out in like 17, 18 shortstop sucked too. Right. It used it to did. be all about corner corner infield. It was get your big first baseman, get your big third baseman. That's where you're getting the bulk of your runs, RBIs and dingers now, like all encompassing. And how can you do it? And, you know, do you want to do studs and duds? Um, there's a million ways to play it. Right. There that's is. That's fun. true. Donovan says head-to-head is 20 mini roto sessions rather than one long stat collection. The reason 75% of people are done with fantasy baseball by June is because they play roto. Wow. Donovan coming in hot. Look at that. Hmm. Also, the arrival of MJ Melendez and Adley Rutschman definitely spiced up the catcher world this year, too. And I love Melendez. I love him more than Rutschman. I frankly do. But that's like a personal bias just because he just looks so damn Sleek. He's a he's an athlete. Wow. MJ Melendez is my uh he's my crush. I love that guy. I'm do, a big fan. Do you need a moment? I might. I might have to take <laughs> five here. I'm gonna let you take over and just talk about yourself for five minutes here while I uh well reconsider my passion. I'll say this to all the dynasty guys who like to go crazy because I again like some of the work I do in the offseason, which is the work for fun, putting the information out there is the ADP or average draft position that rookies are getting, uh first year player draft and stuff. Adley Rushman was like a consensus 1.5, like in the top five of every draft I saw everywhere. And I'm like, Ooh. why? Why are people doing this? And the only justification you would get is he's going to be a game changer, a Hall of Famer. Or this, But that's all like the pipe dream that we all have with 16-year-olds in the J2s as well, right? And we know yeah. that that percentage is single digit to work out. Of course, when it does, it's great. But you could also have picked up Brian Severn the same week Rushman came up. And I think by the end of the year, you're not going to think, oh, I really missed out not picking up Adley Rushman. Now, he could get 200 more at-bats. Absolutely. You could get more in certain categories, but you don't have to have a player who gets 500 at-bats for him to be useful. Sometimes it's about players in positions that don't hurt you in a catcher. I think it's good to play defense and just be like, I don't want a guy who's going to, you know, Mike Zanino outside of last year, right? Like if you've had him in Dynasty, you poor bugger, like I have in several, um, you learn a lesson and that's where you start to look for the Austin Nolas of the world. And you watch them come up and develop, and then you put those guys on your bench, and you roster as few catchers as humanly possible. Oh my God, we're talking about catchers. Oh my God. Yeah, and then you pick up Jorge Alfaro, <laughs> and you have yourself a oh, week. Oh yeah. There you go. Yes. There you go. Uh, <laughs> Victory lap certified. Ah, uh, Gabriel Moreno says, "What have I chopped liver over here?" Yeah, sorry, yeah. Gabe. My yeah, bad. you are. Uh, yeah. I'm. I'm not. I'm a. I might follow the Jays. Uh, I'm a fan but I'm not super pumped about a team who's depending on three catchers when two of them are supposed to play every day. I don't yeah. like that. Idea. Seems odd for a team. Yeah. And they've been doing it for two years now. It's just like the dumbest thing ever. It's not uh, having Zach Collins versus Reese McGuire. Great. Cause you can demote Collins, but then you go ahead and call up uh, Moreno 
I, no, let's, and you already got Kirk hanging out, right? You're like, this is right. not good. This is not good. And then Jansen's like, oh, you're healthy. You're in. And he's like, well, I'm going to suck for two and a half years and then have two good weeks. You know, like we've seen this and this is not really comparable, but with Mondesi, right? A small pocket of success mm. and everybody really stretches it out. Well, Jansen's been getting that same thing. People were pumped on him heading into last year. And I, I didn't get it. Like I, you know, the catcher landscape is terrifying and I try to stay away from it, but I, that also forces me to spend a lot of time on it at the same time. <laughs> I just ignore Whoa. the top 10 and I'm, I'm fishing in the teens and twenties. What a contradiction that is. You poor bastard. Maybe the Jays are trying this model. Two little mice fell <laughs> in a bucket of cream. And whoever wins, you know, whoever gets out of that cream and turns it to butter wins. I don't know. Well, I mean, it looks like both Moreno and Kirk have been eating a lot of it. So how about hey, home? I, need a zinc. I can't believe yeah. I don't have a rim shot. It's fun. <laughs> yeah, that would be like the first thing you think I would have. My bad. Right. Uh, okay, so head-to-head rules. Everyone plays it. Everyone! I love it. And I'm glad that you just defended it the way you did, my man. Yeah. All right, uh, the best restaurant you ever ate at was what? What dish blew you away? So, uh, like the boys on Hot Wings, I will I will be the celebrity here and say I love that question. Um, great question. So, as a chef, I've not only eaten at incredible places, but I've also worked at them. I've worked at two of the top 100 restaurants in the world. When I was working there, that's what they were at the time. Uh, Langdon Hall in the Cambridge area. Damn! Thank you. I think we were 76 or 77 uh, in the top 100. Um, and as well, I worked at Charlie Trotter's in Chicago, legendary place. I was there. Who in categorizes 11. that, by the way? Who categorizes the top uh, 100? There's, there's, well, that is San Pellegrino's list. They make a top 100 list. Canada often is shafted on the list of the year I was there or whatever, working there 2010 to 11 or 9 to 10, whenever that was. Um, we got on at 76 and it was like a big deal. They took us all aside and we're like, just so you know, everything here has been going great and it's about to just become ridiculous. And I was like, oh, that's so weird because like I'm I'm quitting soon to go to, <laughs> to take a job as as a chef and at a different place. So, that, but, you know, I wasn't running the restaurant. I was just a, I was um, working my way through as a line cook in different positions. But that's where you see it all. Um, and at Charlie Trotter's, I was staging. So which basically just means I go in and I work 16 hour days and I don't get paid for it. And uh, Charlie Trotter was a rude SOB to me. And I did not enjoy that experience at all. And, um, it, it but isn't that the after. chef life? Isn't that what chefs do? They're dicks. It's up and down. I mean, you, depending on how you're trained, you, you can be like, so I was trained with the, uh, abuse me, break me down, build me back stronger model. That's, that's how people train me. And then when I was implementing that, <laughs> uh, it didn't go over very well. And that's because there's been a shift and it's a caudal shift. And that's one of the reasons why I think we're seeing a lot of shortages in food in the economic world's you know, people don't want to go and do hard work, right? They want to just be rewarded. Well, if you're going to work in a kitchen, you're going to, you know, bust your knuckles. You're going to cut yourself. You're going to be a lot of um, getting your ass kicked, not kicking ass for a long time. So it's tough. <laughs> uh, but, but in doing that and going through that experience at Charlie Trotter's, I found some cool people who I've kept in touch with then. Uh, I ended up having an amazing weekend um, in New York. Donovan, take care, my friend. He's leaving. He's got to go do some baseball stuff. Good on you. Good for you, buddy. Um, I had a weekend in New York where my wife and I went around and we ate at a combined 21 different Michelin star places. So two star, Woo. three star, one star. And it was great. Mamafuku Co., which is now closed, was yeah. the place I it's loved closed? the most. Mamafuku Co. is. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. KO. That was the, where the original Mamafuku came up. And then they closed uh. it, opened up 
another location, then reopened it as Co, which was a 12 seat restaurant. And uh, I remember driving from Wawa, where I grew up, to Sault Ste. Marie. I pulled over on the side of the highway as soon as I got uh, cell service and waited until 11 a.m. because you can only book seven days in advance. Booked the the seats for myself and my wife. We went to New York later that week and ate at that restaurant. And it was awesome because I was talking. You just like you would at a bar. You'd talk to the bartender. Right? I was talking to the chef cooking for me. I started asking him some interesting questions. How'd you smoke this egg? How'd you do this? How'd you do that? And he's like, where do you work? And then I told him and I don't know, somebody Googled it or whatever. They realized it was like a place of, you know, some clout. And they were like, oh, cool. And then it was free drinks the rest of the night. So we paid 200 bucks or something like that each to eat. Um, but the booze was free and they were like, we always take care of our own. And we sat beside a couple. It was really, really nice, but I didn't want to hang out with them after they wanted to hang out with us. And I couldn't hear them that well because the restaurant was loud music and cool stuff. And we left and my wife's like, that guy said he owns Value Village. I'm like, what? And she's like, yeah, he said he is the one who owns Value Village and you didn't want to go like hang out. He would have bought us stuff was kind of what my <laughs> wife was saying. <laughs> we could have had a free night. And I, did, oh. I couldn't hear. I, couldn't, I was trying to enjoy my experience. So anyway, <laughs> when I had my restaurant, um, after after it was up and successful, I d- developed the back area of the restaurant and kind of mimicked the co-experience where you would sit up. I would cook a five-course meal right in front of you, and you could ask me all the questions you wanted to. And you could say, you know what? I, I'm not a big fan of feta. I'm like, all right, well, let me change your mind. And if you don't like it, I'll make you something else. And then that was – I love that experience as a chef, and I loved it as a patron. So I have to say Momofuku Co., um, that was great, but just going on that New York, uh, food specific journey was awesome. It was brief, but it was awesome. Wow. That is fantastic. Joe says mind blown top 100 restaurant list. Is there a restaurant pipeline? Top 100 <laughs> other restaurant fantasy <laughs> leagues. What would the categories be? Uh, nice. service. No, they're there. I mean, look it up Mich- Michelin stars, like the tires Michelin. And it was started in order to get people for tourism reasons. So three star would huh. be like, it's worth just going to that location for that meal. Two stars. It's worth going to that region and you have to eat there. One star is it's worth eating, you know, at that location. So in Canada, we don't have the Michelin star system in the States. They have it in pockets. So, uh, like there's a really good emerging food scene in Detroit as well really um but there's no as far as i know there's no michelin star system in detroit but there is in chicago of course right chicago i've never heard of it around here at all i know a little bit but i'm not as expertised as as expertised as you yeah sure yeah that's a technical term yeah sure yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah detroit's got a lot of fun stuff brewing there too it's uh I think there's a lot of so many restaurants have popped up in the last seven plus years that i don't know if i'd be able to go to all of them right now it would take a lot of time but what a story that's so cool man i've I've heard a lot of stories about the restaurant life i worked the restaurant life i didn't get to the levels that you have been in you know i was just more of your typical how would i describe it i worked at a restaurant or independent restaurants they were in i well i did both of course i did the yeah I, i served i served at the franchises like chilies fridays applebee's i did all three as a server but I worked as a line cook at a independent restaurant here in Michigan. It's called the Stillwater Grill. If you ever go to Brighton, Michigan, Stillwater has had the open floor plan, right? Where you can see into the kitchen. So nice. It ruined a lot of the experience for me because I I got in so much trouble all the time because believe it or not, I would be very loud on the line. Uh, And when I was started as a dish, started as a dishwasher, (laughs) I'd have to do a, they go bus tub pickup. That was always a thing. Oh yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. So I'd come up when I first started as a dishwasher, I'd come blowing in there. Oh, bust out, pick up! And saying all these, I said a lot right. of inappropriate things that would have got me fired. But uh, fortunately, they took pity on me and said, just get your ass in that goddamn dish tank and don't say a word. So. Yeah, clean it out. I We used to do, so when when we would like at fine dining restaurants, you'd get all your plates together. Um, so you'd call for whatever, for whatever, for table, something, something. And then when you were ready, we would yell out, bus boy. And that was for the, <laughs> the runners to come up. So we would like re- at this one particular restaurant um, in Stratford where I worked the church restaurant. I ended up getting married at that place. And wow. um, it's not actually a church, but that's what it was called. So, uh, and it was a CAA or AAA diamonds. So there's, there's a diamond rating system as well. So there's five diamonds, four, three, whatever. So it was a four diamond place and, that Ooh. I worked at as well. Yeah. Um, and uh the fun experience with that was that you could be a super pretentious asshole in the kitchen. So that I, I like, I honed right in on that. Oh yeah, baby. So, you know, you'd really get some, some English on the old bus bar. And then when the guy would come back, you're like, what has taken you so long? You know? And then like they'd go and run the food and they just, they'd hate you, but you didn't realize that you were being a, a dick. You just thought you were having fun at work because your job is so hard that that's your release. And then I got switched like you had worked in an open kitchen. I got switched from the closed-in section to the upstairs section of uh, the belfry, but the, the main kitchen was open on the main floor, so I could no longer do those things. I had to be quiet, but you could be sitting oh. out in the dining room, and you could look over and see this like guy with sweat dripping off his face. We used to joke that we didn't have to season the food because the sweat would just drip off onto the plates. Uh, of course, <laughs> that is not that is not a real thing, people. It is a joke. But uh, that was what we would say is if you forgot to season it, you just wipe your brow and you know, throw it up. <laughs> Hey, I've seen waiting. I know how it works. Oh my! God. Have you seen still waiting? They made. I, I didn't have the. Uh, <laughs> I didn't have the fortitude. I love yeah. waiting. It's one of my. Yeah. It's just one of my favorite comedies. There's so few restaurant comedies that have exist like that that are yeah. so. And they so really accurate. nailed it. Yeah, they yeah, really. Yeah, they it. totally yeah. nailed it. The Bennigan's experience or the chilies or whatever, all the shit no, on the walls. Yeah. 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 <laughs> And the and the the lifestyle. Every night's a party, and then like you go back, you work your ass off, you work twelve hour shifts, you do doubles. Oh, it was so good. Yeah, I love waiting, but I didn't see still waiting. I did not. It's not worth it, you know. If you ha- if, like, <laughs> I I went to the theater in Calgary to see Waiting because I was so excited that there was like nice. a restaurant kind of movie about it. Because that was when I transitioned from um, trying to be a golf pro to realizing my true fate was that I just wasn't going to happen for me. And then I was bartending and serving at three different places at the same time, trying to pay rent. And, you know, I'd made a bad choice of renting a house thinking that the golf course I was working at was going to hire students from outside of Calgary. And then I was going to have them live at my place. And then I would live rent free five months of the year. And then I would have (laughs) their extra money was going to help me to offset so I could live in a nice place. Well, that didn't happen. So I had to, I had to pay bills and I worked at all these different places. So I had a breakfast shift. I had a lunch shift and I had a late night shift. And, uh, yeah, I was, and this was all serving and bartending. This was before I got in the kitchen and then I started to manage and then it was just, yeah, it was a whole thing for me. Oh, manage. Uh Oh, yeah. So I did it all. (laughs) Like in high school, I I cooked and, you know, I would be the slaw guy and mix the fries and do all that crap. And then when I got, um, into the management side in my early twenties and stuff, and then I realized that that's not what I wanted to do. And then I really wanted to know the food. So I went the food route and I even went back to culinary school when I was 25. Cause I didn't, I didn't want to be the guy who they're like, yeah, but like you don't have the education. So I went back and did an apprenticeship and busted my ass and yeah, did it all. Good times. Wow. I want to, there's a trade off here. We got to talk about last thing. I, I watched the uh, Anthony Bourdain documentary recently. That's on HBO max. Uh, mm-hmm. Is he an overrated it. cook? Uh, it really pissed me off. That, that documentary really pissed me off. Cause I know a lot of people who 
took his uh, suicide very hard. Yeah. And I said, how you, this is no longer the guy you fell in love with. This is, ah! this is a different person, you know? Um, Thank you. It, it, yeah. It, what I, what I saw and what I, it's very much like I, I read a lot of every cookbook that came out, every author that I appreciated, every chef that I liked, I've read and bought all of their stuff. There was this website that was emerging at the time called Amazon. Um, you could order books <laughs> off of it. I ordered books off of Amazon and I would read them all. And it, it was so frustrating to go back with that documentary and be like, but Bourdain wasn't in the kitchen for so long. Like his life became depressed for completely like different reasons. So being upset about that, you're, you're upset about a guy 30 years ago who wrote this book or 25, yep. whatever it was. You're not upset about the guy that has passed now. Like he's a TV personality. Like the food network is horrible. It was once interesting, you know, and like you're talking to a guy, I was on chopped once upon a time, um, the wow. reality show. And you were, like, I was chopped Canada. I short, sorry, I should specify chopped Canada. Oh. Um, and oh. I was so excited to go on it. Cause I'm like, you know, the top chef at these other competition shows. I'm like, well, I can see how they would all have errors and stuff, but chopped is like the clock starts, right? Clock starts. You got to do your, do your shit. Um, that's, that's not actually the case. Like, yes, the clock starts and you've got to, you, it's straight time, but it, it's also like <laughs> all about the personality, you know, like I, I went in the line with the other chefs and, um, we were discussing like, they're like, you tell us about your dish. Right. So of the four of us, I had like the only edible dish in the first course. The one guy had left a, a piece of like the plastic from ripping a bottle top off. It was in his food. If you, you're, you're out, Ew. that should be an automatic. Right. But somebody else had tried yeah. to fry an oyster with in cornmeal and, and, and oil and they didn't get it hot enough. So it was raw cornmeal oyster oil that they had to eat. It was just sounded disgusting. Ew. And then the other guy, who's wearing his combat boots and was like, I lost partial hearing when I was, you know, defending our country. Uh, and he's, he's wearing those boots. And I'm like, well, you're going to win then, you know? And so he got <laughs> through he, and of course he did win. And his name's Alvin. I you know, kept in touch with him. He's a nice dude, but it immediately, I was like, well, this isn't a cooking competition. That's what I went for a cooking competition. Mm. that's filmed. This is a tug at your heartstrings. And like, I wasn't willing to say like, Oh, this is my sub story. You know, I was there to be like, I want to, I want you to all hate me and I want to kick ass. And then I got You're an there authentic like, dude. Yeah. Be yourself. Well, yeah. Like I, I worked at my restaurant until nine 30 the night before drove to Toronto. They gave us a, the smallest hotel room you, you can imagine. Um, sure. And I couldn't get to sleep cause we had to be downstairs at 6am for the call time. So I, I managed to get down there nervous as can be, you know, and trying to think like, just cook, like cook, how you cook, cook, how you cook. And then you get in and you stand in front of the judges and then it's all about like personalities and stuff. I'm like, well, I'm effing exhaust. I, I am, I am a working chef right now. I am exhausted. And I came here to get 10,000 bucks because my restaurant will use every cent of that, you know, like that will be huge for us. But instead it goes to a guy who's like a line cook at an Earl's, you know? So, Hey, <laughs> nice to see you. Ty. Oh man, that's some funny ass shit, man. I love it. By the way, uh, I don't even know what this means. Is this the Dean McDermott or Brad Smith era? I it was know. Dean McDermott. It was season one. Uh, yeah, it was Dean McDermott. Okay. Yeah. So, and then uh, Chuck, Chuck, who was that on my Chuck Hughes was gone. He was good. And then uh, Roger Mookin, who I don't respect. So that was useless. And then there was a woman um, who I didn't know at the time. And then they wouldn't tell us anything about the judges. So if we didn't know who they were, we couldn't find out information. And I, I prefer to be judged by those that I respect. You know, if you, I want somebody who, who can actually like tear me down and I'm like, I get it. And I'll be better from this. Not somebody who's like, eh, I found it to be a little spicy. I'm like, okay. 
Yeah. Always know if the juice is worth the squeeze. I guess it's just another lesson in that right there. It surely yeah. is. Wow, that was amazing. But my final point there is that you did take away what I took away from that Bourdain doc because this guy was yeah. not – like I'm like – based on what I saw in that doc, I'm like this guy is not like cooked chef-wise, not a no. legend in any No, any oh, God, means. no, no, like, no, 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 no. He's he's it's like his, he took the money and ran with the opportunity and left that behind. Yeah, I think uh, yeah he did not. I'm not shitting on the guy. He killed himself. No, that sucks. No, no, but no. let's be real no. here. Yeah, if if Thomas Keller had killed himself, people if that would be a completely different thing. Thomas Keller is a legend and has done many things and has spawned greatness with other chefs and restaurants. And he has a legacy. Anthony Bourdain's legacy is also in the culinary realm, but it's through writing and television shows. And he's friends with the chefs who get it done he was in the trenches but he wasn't in the trenches and rose up from them he wrote about it while he was down there that's the difference thank you okay thank you so much i think that's an important fascinating distinction all right back to baseball jasper has a trade i have luis arias and i've been offered ryan mcmahon Cattell Marte, saya suzuki and owen miller for luis arias and austin hayes whoa Hmm. uh dude I, i would take that all day i mean Right off the bat, you're getting yeah. McMahon, Cattell Marte, and Suzuki, and Owen Miller. Just, wow. For bulk, for sure. I mean, but then you get into a roster crunch because you should all you should already have a full roster, which means you're cutting two guys. So who do you got to cut in order to make up for that? And if those cuts are even like borderline assets to your team, which obviously they are, because why would they be on your team, right, Jasper? Um, then you really have to consider the fact that it's not a two for four. It's a four for four. Uh, and if you've got room on your roster, there's probably a better option to stream to pick up out there. Um, but like Ariz has just been such a fun surprise in a year where average sucks. He's a valuable tool, you know, so that's a that's a tough one. I would say no, because sometimes you just want so to have him. Yeah. See, we think alike. OK. Yeah. Uh, he's in third place and 12 team. team. Head to head. Go. Yeah. So you got okay. lots of talent out on your on your wire in those leagues. You got to. Um, yeah, you got to be patient. Sometimes the trades only look good if you just quickly look and then, you know, walk away. So that episode is literally titled all's fair and cooking in war. No surprise who won. Oh, the one I was on. That's what it's called. <laughs> is that true story? That's wow. prop. They give cool. everything a, a name. All right. Yeah. It was like season nice job, one, Joe. episode four or five, something like that. Yeah. I think you can watch it if you care to. I don't know. Why. I will. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to find that later. I got something to do tonight on my busy Friday night. Wow. Jasper says, just got offered Ezekiel Duran and Cattell Marte for a rise. Ooh, well. <laughs> I'm not in. Still not I'm in. I'm not huh? in. No. I think okay. I think when you've got a guy who can provide you with something uh, r- really high average in a time when it's very difficult to have average, he allows you to take chances with other guys. So if you eliminate that and then, and then you have like an Aaron Judge who can slump, Otani who can slump, it makes it harder for you to get that average back. Just... What if he what if he slumps? Yeah, I mean if he slumps, then that changes the whole conversation, but he's not. Arias will slump eventually. I'm calling it right now. I'm putting well, it on this, the record here. If his slump is 250, um, that crushes others whose slumps are 150. You know, there's still a cushion, okay. I would say. But but for sure, I mean it's not like he's a lock, right? He's not a lock. He's not Nick Madrigal. <laughs> <laughs> wow, dude. Yeah. And Yarimovich. Yarmovich? Was the female judge? Oh, yeah. See, you remember that? Uh, I well, like afterwards, like I honestly, that drive home was the most enraged I'd been. It was the same drive, exact same drive that I would take <laughs> after Jay's games 
and you could listen to like the post game thing. I was doing all of those same like calling things in my head of like, this is why I lost. It wasn't related to what I did. Oh, it was no. this, it was that. Yeah. So that was yeah. oh, good to bring this stuff up. Bastard. Hey, do you want to talk about when my parents died? Yeah, all right. <laughs> We're having going. a blast here on the yeah. Plaza Podcast. <laughs> Man, good stuff. Okay, look, let's get back to the 11 things. Sure. We're talking live with Robbie Baseball. Go to RobbieBaseball.com or follow him on Twitter, RobbieBaseball1, numerical one, on Twitter for the Dingers podcast as well, the Dingers Fantasy Dynasty baseball podcast. The hitter and the pitcher we need to know about right now is who, Robbie? The hitter and the pitcher we need to know about right now. Uh, I'm going to go with the outside the MLB um, for my pitcher, and that's Casey Lawrence with Toronto, who was up relief uh last weekend i think he was up and then back down and then he, he goes back to buffalo and pitches a gem uh seven innings 11 case i think it was um he, he's at triple a he's 34 years old i have mapped what? out yeah i have mapped out how he and he's, he's also not a rookie he's spent enough time like 70 something mlb innings but i figured out a way for him to get four starts with toronto up until the all-star break which should be enough time for them to figure out what they're going to do with the rotation. They just need to move because they've got eight games next week. Um, so he should definitely start one possibly next Saturday. And then if you continue on the schedule, he's going to keep going. Now, Lawrence has never been anything good until this year, but jeepers creepers as he locked it in uh, with the Buffalo Bisons. Opening day starter had a quality start out of the gate and just running with it. Now, again, I am a dumpster diver. Ty will tell you that if you listen to dingers, you're going to wonder why I'm harping on guys who nobody uh, you know, gives a rat's ass about <laughs> it's because I look at the projection and I also look at depths in the system. And if Toronto who likes to hold their assets forever, they're less likely to make a move without exposing Casey Lawrence to his full potential. You know, like that's just how they're going to be, which is similar to one of my favorite things in baseball, which is the rule five draft, which is the other MLB or I'll give you everybody who wants an MLB or Tyler Wells with Baltimore starting pitcher. He's turning yep. it around. He's a rule five guy. Um, the issue he's going to run into is total innings pitch, which we've seen with a ton of guys. I think he's almost at a career high right now. Maybe he is, but um, he's a long-term play dynasty keeper league for sure. Uh, I have so much Tyler Wells. It's funny. Um, but one of the reasons that I did it was because I thought he was going to be the closer, not a useful starter. <laughs> so it's like, you know, I, I was throwing, throwing the dart to get me, get me a closer and I ended up getting a starter. So what a happy accident that is, right? Where'd uh, all the K's you, go? <laughs> well, yeah, you, you gotta, you gotta do the, uh, you know, uh, points league perfectly fine, but he's not going to get you. He's not going to be a 15 point per game starter. So you, you gotta, you gotta look at what's going to happen here and what's, what should happen with Tyler Wells. Well, the case should absolutely go up. Cause that was the thing that was drawing me in last year. So if he's pitching to contact, if that's what Baltimore is saying, pitch to contact. So you throw less pitches so you can get further into games. I'm totally cool with that. Cause that just means that in 2023 and 2024, he could possibly go back to his original strike you out game. It's possible. It's possible. Mm. And on the hitter end, okay. Ryan Mountcastle, because I love the Orioles, I guess. I love the Orioles. Uh, Ryan Mountcastle's had two crappy starts to seasons. And, um, you know, right now, I think the last, what was it, last two weeks, he's been a he's 45th guy in 8x8. Eight eight. Uh, he's he's heating up. And uh, see, I have to do my own sound effects. Uh, he's Ty heating up. Yeah, I won't let me touch the board. Yeah, I won't let me touch the board. Boom shakalaka. In the offseason, people will have forgotten about Monkhouse's slow start. So he's going to start to get that hype back up. But the overall numbers are not going to reflect because of how much you know Rumi's had to make up the rest of the year. So, And as a prospect guy, Elijah Dunham with the Yankees, who's got a really interesting story. Um, 
for another day, but uh, he's somebody. I saw him play last year, didn't I? Oh, did you really? No, I'm just kidding. I actually saw Austin Wells. I was thinking of Wells. That's what it was. Well, that's the other thing. Somebody said to me, do you mean Austin Wells? I said, no, no, Tyler Wells, Baltimore. (laughs) Austin? (laughs) uh, Boston, Massachusetts? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, that's good stuff. Tom Green, Canadian. I saw a road trip in the theater after uh, doing acid all day. It was kind of the tail end of the acid. Um, but that's I a true the story. exact same experience except for the, the acid. I watched it in the theater. <laughs> it was the same thing. Just take over it's the like, acid. Pretty, uh, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I, I'm sure I've got the Chad DVD says, somewhere over here. I, oh, it's a great. I still love that movie. It's hilarious. So I'm, I always loved... I mean, Tom Green is a legend to me. I'll always love Freddie Got Fingered. Hilarious. So I'm all in this year in Dynasty. I've traded away Lighter, Jack, I assume, Yuri Perez, Marcelo Mayer, Jose Moretta, and Andrew Painter, Lodolo, and Mize. My remaining trade chips are Pete Crow Armstrong, the right to draft Drew Jones, and George Valera. Wow. Good what is God. this, a four-team league? Like, how, how do you have all that <laughs> draft capital from last year? Uh, light, lighter Good and heavens. Mayer, that's... And then Perez would have either been a dyna- like a, a pickup that you could do in season. Uh, and if that's the case, Chad, if you can pick up in season, um, there will be more. If you can pick up dudes in season, <laughs> trade them all, buddy. There will be more. That's right. The market is dry, says Chad. And I need, an, I need a starting pitcher. But the pickings are are guys like John Gray, Carrasco, mm-hmm. Snell, Scooble. Those are my remaining chips. Too strong yeah, for that mediocre strong. crop. Absolutely. Um, don't uh, don't yeah. go be desperate. You know, I understand the idea of not falling behind, but there's also a ton of season left. And one of the things that I like to do in leagues is um, not not beat myself up if I'm in and around the 500 mark up until whatever your league's trade deadline is. You want You want to just be in contention. You, all you need to do is get to the dance. Right. You can you can run the floor. Um, in one 30 team dynasty, a, a team got in, I think they were like one over 500 in 2019. And then the guy beat the piss out of everybody in an eight by eight using RPs because he just had injuries and he, he played it so smart and, um, he won the league and it was 2,100 bucks or whatever the heck it was. It was huge. No, it was more than that. It was 20, what was it? 30 team league, hundred bucks. So it was, he won $2,800 and he was, he just snuck in. So depending on. You know, your thing, don't don't go making that move. And I certainly wouldn't be going for anybody who could get traded. Um, I know Ty likes to do that. He projects somebody will be traded. So he likes to go and get those guys. I find that to be scary, especially if they don't do it. You know, like if you get stuck yep. on a team or stuck with a team that That's gets worse. Right. Because we've seen it happen yeah. with John Gray last year, right? Everybody was expecting him to get traded, doesn't get traded, stuck in Colorado. So, well, it's the Rockies. They're morons. Everybody knows that. Come on, man. This right here is a silver bullet. All the way from Colorado. Oh, I like that one. Not like, not like a Coors Light. Mm. That's uh, uh, you, what's that show? That's the Gemstones. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Very good. That's Walton Goggins. Yeah. That's that's Baby Billy. That's right. Yeah, Baby, Baby Billy has always got something to say. <laughs> <laughs> Baby Billy is so funny. We are in a dynasty league together. You uh, brought me into your right. thirty team player to be named later, and uh, you know my hitting is actually really good, but I my pitching staff so awful, so I kind of screwed myself there. I'm but, learning lessons. There will be players that go up as the year goes on. And um, if I don't mind tooting my own horn in that league, just very briefly, I am undefeated in that league right now. 10-0 and 0 and the most yes. points scored. And my outfield is horrible. And my relief pitchers, when the year started, you would have laughed and said, who is Clay Holmes? And why do we care about him? 
Um, and that's just like the fun of dynasty sometimes is you can get these guys, especially in points leagues where they can do things that aren't closer related, aren't impact related. Um, I'm going to really quick. Yeah, I spent $14 million dollars on Will Smith, by the way. Yeah. Remember that? There you go. <laughs> and, that's and smart. that, and that's not, that's not necessarily a fault because it seems like it's a good idea at the time. Right. But you can also get away with some crappy guys like this weekend. My, my outfield is Orlando Arcia, Taylor Trammell, and um, somebody whose last name is Madras, uh, Bly Madras with the Pirates. See, I don't even I don't even know the first name. I'm just taking chances. You um, have these guys. You did you uh, yeah. have Bly in your minor league system? He, he was part of no, your squad. I, or did you I pick just, him up? I just picked him up on 30 team waivers because nobody had him. But my I also have Matt Veerling in that league. I drafted Cooper Hummel. I drafted for guys to just chip in, and that's what's been happening. But I also have um, good players like Kyle Lewis and um, Bryant that are are injured and i'm not willing to trade away mm. my draft capital when i'm already like i should not be 10 to no no way i should not be 10 to no um but i why would i trade away guys right now when i'm still doing it but like yeah like i have casey lawrence in that league also i picked him up and i'm hoping for good things in the future because i i'm willing to take a chance on it just like i was with luis garcia you know held on to him for way too long traded him away traded him back like you just get into nice. these little grooves with guys but like um yeah, anyway, that's what it is. Jordan yeah, Romano's my that's... one like legit in before the season started RP in that league and I drafted him. He was a rule 5 guy, thrown away and tossed back and, you know. So you can't nothing's for sure, right? You know, a guy gets hurt, no. Clay Holmes is better because Chapman got hurt. That's oh, absolutely. everybody cares more about that. So everybody cares more. Uh yeah, I went all in on Lucas Giolito as my ace on that team too, and that has not worked out. So uh Lessons he learned. has the thoroughbred look to him, but then the results just aren't enough. Never. Yeah. Yep, I totally agree with you. By the way, Joe says, just read Robbie's article on the 2015 J2 class retrospective. Great article and interesting talking points. And that's high praise from Joe because he's really into Dynasty and he knows a lot himself. So good for well, you, Thank Robbie. you, Joe. I also just put up on the website um, a new like clicker thing. Uh, header, is that what they call it? Yeah. Um, and yeah. uh, I put all the J2 results dating back from 15 up to 2022. So these are basically places that had like top 30 rankings or they signed for the, the 30 highest bonuses so that you can have a look as a dynasty player and be like, do I really want to invest? Cause like, look at 2015. That was the Vlad year. That's the next episode of dingers that comes out. We discuss the 2015 class and we go up and through the list, but it's out there for everybody just to look at when you're referencing, like, what is the track? Because it was, it was the wonder Franco year that everybody started to kind of pay more attention to, the guys uh, outside the top three. And then in 2020, we all went nuts, right? Every, everybody was putting a ton of draft <laughs> capital into 16 yep. year olds. And now it's like, well, we got to wait to see, but in 2015, which produced Vlad produced Tatis, uh, produced Soto. Then you go into 2016. Uh, it's Jordan Alvarez. That's it right now. Genius, this, genius, know. genius. So you got to look at all the different ways to, to win and build, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well and so on. <laughs> yeah, Jasper says, I got Juan Yepes off the free agent market. Congratulations, Jasper. Good for you. you go. Yankees suck, but they do have a few decent pitching prospects in the work for 23, 24, 25. That's okay. true, but you could have just stopped at Yankees suck. <laughs> yeah, booyah. That's funny. I love that. I don't have a... Gooch, so I just hit that button. Right. To say. Jazz says, I know I already grabbed guys like Waldachuk, Maddox, Bruns, Bruns, Bruns. B-R-U-N-S? Do I know who that is? Wait, it's Maddox Bruins. I don't know who Maddox yeah, Bruins Br is. Nah. I don't Will know. Will Warren. Will Warren. My favorite 
Yosfer Zululeta, Griff McGarry, and Mason Black to restock. There's a lot of names there that I frankly just don't know. And when I don't know something, I admit that freely. I do. So. <laughs> yeah, there are names that I'm not sure of there. But Griff McGarry, I know because we have uh, we've got a guy who follows college baseball, um, Mason McRae. So Mason underscore McRae. If you want to know everything about college hitters and stuff or pitchers he's the guy uh he knows so much so when he comes on and talks to us when we get ready for the draft and when everyone's getting you know who's this guy who's that guy mason can tell us all those x stats that people love that we try our best not to talk about on dingers okay uh we're running super long on the show because there's been so much fascinating stuff which is a good thing so we're going to speed this up really quickly and i want you to answer exactly what you wrote in the document literally okay on this next one as a canadian how do you view the current climate in the united states today and does it influence your country at all america there it is thank you very much uh, next question is yes. Okay, audience, hold your applause to the end. Name some buy low pitchers for redraft. Uh, we kind of covered this sort of. Uh, yeah. any, could you give me one, maybe one or two, real quick? Yeah, Alex Wood, John Gray are are guys who are better now than they were earlier in the year. I, I also drafted and dropped those guys, so I've got to have to pass on them. But Soroka is coming along, facing live hitters now, and Ross Stripling with Toronto. Uh, I think he'll get yeah. some run up to the trade deadline, and then it's up to him between now and then. Um, but anybody, I mean, you probably are in a dynasty or, or fantasy baseball league with a Canadian and they probably already have them. Um, so you're going to need to be careful on that acquisition because he's very likely to go back from starting just into the bullpen and he's not going to be high leverage at that point. Well said. Okay. Next one is the concert that you remember the most is <laughs> it's Nickelback in Calgary. Uh, the asterisk is that they're from the area. So it was really interesting. Uh, and the opener for that show was Danko Jones. If you know Danko Jones. Um, I don't know. Danko Jones is good, good at the music. And then the band Live. Uh, oh, I love Live. live. Throwing well, Copper. Classic, yeah, of course. I, I was very excited to go see that. I've also seen. <laughs> uh, All right, I'll stop there. Nailed it. Uh, I yeah. did see it at the Palace at Auburn Hills. Um, Ooh, no longer exists. I know, and I, I, but it's Detroit relevant for you. Um, I saw Matchbox Twenty there. I took my then girlfriend, now wife, and we went there and uh, took her for her graduation. And uh, we saw who was it? It was Maroon Five opened when Maroon Five was nobody from nowhere. And then oh, uh, we really? To, yeah. Then then it was Sugar Ray, who I was like, oh, that's cool. But it was Detroit, and you know who came up on stage? Kid Rock came up on stage and played a few songs. Did sugar ray and i was like i'm down with this and that was like 2003 what smells of old sour milk (laughs) yeah did someone say that at the show or no no they were um they were playing the harder sugar ray song so (laughs) uh, but i haven't done a lot of concerts haven't done a lot of concerts i am going to rage against the machine next month and i've been waiting two years oh wait which uh where where at toronto hamilton oh in hamilton they're playing next month are they back on tour fully because i thought we were going next year I, I was just told by the guy who owns my ticket or whatever has it that it's next month. And he said it's the Holy 19th. Shit. I was like, oh, it's good. So before I turn 40, good. Just in time. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Oh, my God. I, I mean, I'm a huge Rage Against the Machine fan. Always have been. Always been one of my all-time favorite bands. I finally saw them for the first time in 2008 at Lollapalooza, which was so cool. Right. I loved it. It was such a great time. Well, I heard you talked yeah. about Pearl Jam. I've seen Pearl Jam as well. Um and I liked the show, but when I left, my friend who came with me was like, that's pretty much the same concert they did 18 months ago. 
and that ruined my experience. <laughs> so I'm like, but I liked it, you know, and just because I think he was just expecting something new and ah. he was disappointed by the fact that it was almost like the same set list. Here on me, here, here, you go. Dolphins cry. I love catching the live show. No, oh, you. What does that mean? Do I know what that means? I don't know. I don't know what that means. Deadline 63. Help me out. Deadline 63. You're a brand new username to me. Welcome, Deadline 63. OU equals pun. Thanks, autocorrect. Oh, okay. Thank you. You clarified. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Hope all are doing well. We are Deadline. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much for that. Jasper says, seen Iggy Pop and Pearl Jam in 2000. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's pretty badass. But that 2008 Rage Against Machine show at Lollapalooza, it was a wild time. It was one of the best shows I ever saw. So people almost died, which is terrible. We don't want that. But it was because it was so almost. intense. Yeah, no yeah. one actually died. No one yeah. died. And no one was even hurt, really. It was just... Was that the mo- have, like, like, mosh pit out of control yeah. situation? It was yeah. just like so waves of people at Lollapalooza, hundreds of thousands of people pushing up all the way to the front. And it just becomes right. this... We look like ants above, you know? If you're looking down at us, it just looks like this glob of people and it was so intense it was so awesome man Woo! that was a good time didn't need acid for that one that was just i was just straight sober for that so yeah i don't need acid to have a good time guys i want to make that clear okay all right a couple more questions we're done talking a lot with robbie baseball here robbiebaseball.com robbie baseball one numerical one on twitter follow him the dingers podcast follow ty childs while you're at it follow both because the show is great oscar gonzalez does his low walk rate concern you robbie uh, nobody should have invested much in him. So whatever he's doing is a bonus. And do we really want to get into walk rates with a guy like Gonzalez? No, I just, you're not getting them. Okay. If it's a category you depend on, um, eh, I don't know. Cleveland does not have a good track record with doing things with their outfielders until this year, which is playing yeah. when they're doing well until this <laughs> year, it had been a problem. Talk to Tyler Naquin. Um, talk to Zimmer, talk, talk to anyone who played in their outfield the last six, seven years. It's been <laughs> annoying. So, um, I'm just happy that he's out there and I'm not going to concern myself with what I'm, what I would like to see, you know, the stability that can come from a guy who's taking walks. I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay. <laughs> That's great. Well said, but it's actually, I'm a Tigers guy, of course, but the guardians have a fun team right now. It's pretty wild offensively, offensively. Yeah. All right, you laugh the hardest in your life when? I do laugh all the time. Makes life worth living and whatever Absolutely. you put on the postcard. Um, but I think one of the best nights, lots of laughs, was my wife's 35th birthday, um, which was an undisclosed number of years ago. But I threw the surprise party. We had a restaurant at the time, and I laughed all that week because we had a, a – like a commercial fridge at our house in our garage. And sometimes I would go and deliver or pick things up from farms on my way home, put them in that fridge overnight, drive them into the restaurant the next day, you know, food safety and not wanting to um, get people sick. So I filled it with, with booze, the whole issue. And she's like, what are you doing? I said, Oh, I'm just like going to cool these things down before I bring them into the restaurant or whatever. And my restaurant only served food grown in Canada. So we didn't use, you know, Bacardi breezers and stuff like that, but she didn't catch on because her brain was on other things. Anyway, her family, all of her friends, everyone showed up at her house or at our house after we left to go take our dogs for a walk and delay things. And then she got to come back and she still didn't even understand that all these people were at our house. And then she walked in the door and like, um, her, she saw her parents like looking in from the patio and she's like, huh, what's happening? And I was like, happy birthday. And so it was a big, it was a big, exciting, fun, uh, laughed so much that night. It was a great time that, that whole experience was a very positive one. So 
Oh, yeah. that is so nice. See, that's the kind of story we like to hear on this show. A personal tale of happiness and laughter, which feels good, you know? Feels good. Do, 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 yeah, yeah, doing things for others. Yeah, I mean, come on. I mean, who doesn't love a good laugh, right? <laughs> exactly. By the way... <laughs> No, that's a very that's, weird yeah laugh. that's yeah. i like that one i wish that was my laugh <laughs> i bet you do panama red uh, i will tell you this the rage against the machine tour is oddly really kicking off in canada basically they're starting wisconsin technically but they're cruising through toronto and hamilton and then they're closing it next year i was right the last oh, okay. two shows of the last time. two shows of the tour yeah are at detroit oh cool okay Wow, they're going to go. Europe, they're going around the world. They're basically right next to us, but they're not actually coming they're here. And then they're going to come back and yeah, I, I don't really understand who came up with the tour plan. Like, look at this. It's, uh, Chicago, Ottawa, Quebec, Hamilton, Toronto, Buffalo, Cleveland, Pittsburgh. You're right there. Michigan's right there. I mean, you, you yeah. can just pop in. Uh, no, then we're going to North Carolina, D.C., New York, and then we're going to international. Okay, so huh. unusual, but I don't know how tours are I wonder, designed. That could have well, that could have completely changed because of the two-year delay as well, right? It could have all been part of a loop. Because when we first looked, I think we were debating between Toronto and Hamilton, and it was something to do with a day off, where we're like, well, they, they don't have a day off before Toronto, I think. They do before Hamilton. Let's go to after they've had a day off. Let's go yep. see them when they've relaxed a bit. Unfortunately, it's in Hamilton, but still. You don't like Hamilton? You're not a big fan? It's um, known as the Steel City in Canada, um it's not oh. known as like a great place to go walk around and take in all the sites it's fine it's a canadian city it's fine it's just not southern ontario kind of sucks when you get into the metropolises you gotta you gotta get away you know oh it does i screw up in northern ontario southern ontario super sucks um it's hot and gross but when you get into pockets the province is great so there are pockets in southern ontario that are great so i'm sure you're gonna live in one <laughs> Welcome to Canada. I'll be living. In, I'll barely be living in Canada. It'll be Detroit. You'll it's be basically Detroit city, over yeah. there. Windsor, Windsor, so. Windsor is the Detroit of of Ontario. So absolutely, there you go. Yeah. yeah, it's clear. I mean, it's ah, tough times over there. I feel bad for a lot of people there actually, but um, there's some nice parts too. Being by the river is fun in the summer. Looks cool, you know. <laughs> wow, building really going off there. All right, uh, and then. <laughs> I love that belding. I used to do the belding laugh when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah, there it is. That's my belding laugh. <laughs> All right. And then uh, this is the last one, I think. Give us three players that you expect to be traded relatively soon. This is something you don't like to do, but I'm making you do it anyways. Yeah. Uh, Frankie Montas. Ty won't shut up about him going to the Yankees. <laughs> Look so. at this. I'm sorry. Look at this. Wow. Hamilton is Chad, just Chad. sack of London. <laughs> wow. Chad, are you Canadian, by the way? I'd love to know more about you. We're just getting to know Chad recently. He just kind of showed up. And he's our only, he's our official Twitch representative for the Plaza Podcast. So. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's an interesting one. Uh, so, yeah, Montas, I think Luis Castillo and Brandon Drury of the Reds will both be gone. And that that could very easily be a package deal and get, get a little bit more back. You know, when Drury's in a pocket of usefulness, um, teams are going to want that down the stretch. So I know there, there could be, you know, 50 guys, right? It, it would be amazing to see the angels decide what they're going to do. You know, are they going to just like empty everything out that they can possibly do to have veterans who are healthy? Or are they going to um, do this stupid thing they've been doing over and over again, which is nothing, you know, pick, pick your lane before the, the, what was it? 14 game losing streak. The angels looked amazing. Um, and you know, now, oh, now look did. at them, right? Like, 
you know, you can still have another 10, you could have a 10 game win streak and all of a sudden you're looking good again. It's, you know, you can beat the crap out of the athletics down the stretch. You can, you know, take Texas to town. There are things you can do if you're the angels. Um, but if you're not going to be a competitive team, it would be really amazing for them to trade some talent. Like if they could trade Thor, right. You know, just make some deals here. Let's see some, let's just see some names move. <laughs> Molly. What about Molly? Do you think? Yeah. He's I mean, as sure. likely he's to be traded or less likely. He's like, okay. All right. You know, he, he on anybody Any red to have, be traded. Yeah. Three years of control or less. They should all be up, you know, for that team. Because one of the things that Jays did last year was they got Brios and they were like, here's a bunch of high flume prospects that we have no use for. Um, because we want an MLB pitcher who can really be stable. And I remember at the time of the trade, I'm like, but that's not like this. The Brios we saw last year isn't the, the Brios that I know, the prospect who struggled, the guy who wasn't really good when he was with the Twins. It's the Brios we're seeing this year. That's that's the one. And his oh. schedule sucked in April. And I, I said as much on the podcast was you got to be really careful. Like he's lining up against some really, really like OBP heavy teams here. He's got to throw strikes. That's going to be tough, you know, so yeah, Joe Adele, hundred percent trade Joe Adele. Um, get him. Oh, I'm with you there. I've been saying that for a while. Yeah, get you know, like, like even ben before Tendi, he came back up and got know. sent that down again. Oh, Ben yeah. Attendee. That's what Deary said on the earlier show today. He said that Ben Attendee would end up in Atlanta. Oh, you guys have a podcast? <laughs> we do. We do it once a week. Uh, I do it with my friend Chris Deary. I, I just kind of met him recently, and I was like, "Hey, dude, we should do a pod. Let's do it." I know we don't have the same birthday or anything. Uh, oh shit! Look at this. This is fun. DFA'd VR. Jonathan VR has been DFA'd by the Cubs. Bye-bye. Well, that's what happens when, uh, I mean, look what they did with uh, Clint Frazier, right? Teams are are far less willing, I think, to have depth platoon dudes, unless it's San Francisco, mm-hmm. who will say, give us all. You Yes, you are very wise. I appreciate that. By the way, Chad says, you're going to hate this. He's a New Yorker, but he has a home in London. How do you feel about that, Robbie? A home in London, Ontario? I, I believe that's what he's saying because that's why he said I, the hairy nutsack of London. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm fine with that. Um, I was born in the city okay. of London, but then grew up in Northern Ontario. Uh, it's okay to have Americans come here. I understand why. I would want to come here too. It was, yeah. I, it was so cool. By the way, when the Tigers used to have their Double A team in London, that was like the coolest thing oh. ever to me. I was like, oh wow, and, their Double A teams in Canada. Yeah, and I don't know. And there was uh, Ottawa Lynx. Uh, I think they were AAA for the Expos. I think that is correct as well. They were another one. And London most recently had it, and this was years ago now, called the London Rippers. They were part of the Pioneer League for half a season before they just oh, the Pioneer packed League. It up. Yeah, before they packed it up. And uh, But the Rippers was supposed to be you know, Jack the Ripper, which like is great as far as like a name goes. But people were offended by it. I'm like, come on, people. It isn't even the same London. You know, this is just it, the logo was cool, all this stuff, but they didn't they, they were at Labatt Park, which is a the name of a beer company, and they couldn't get a liquor license. So oh. hard to make money. Right. Hard to make money. That's ridiculous. Oh. That's yeah. Oxymoron. So they, le- they left. Oh. They became a road team the second half of the season and then they folded. So uh, but that's that was one of the things where I used to love the Pioneer League because you'd look at all the names uh, today and then in three, four years, people were really into them. Right, really into the, a lot of those players. So, links were exposed. There we go. Oh, finish with the Orioles and Phillies. Oh, I had oh, a links. Oh, thank up. you, Chad. I didn't know that. Yeah, you're really not just a New Yorker. You really know your Canadian stuff. Good job, Chad. We're proud of you. By the way, I think this is a perfect trade. I really do. Joe Adele cranking bombs at Great American Ballpark. Luis Castillo provides a starter that the Angels desperately need. It really does make a lot of sense. 
Well, the and the only crummy part of this is that um, the Reds are amongst the worst team with outfielders in Major League Baseball. So sending an outfielder that struggles there is going to be a perfect disaster for Adele or the the point at which they can begin to turn it around. There's two ways to go here. You know, like two L's, two yeah. Z's. There's two ways to go with, <laughs> with Joe Adele uh, and the Reds. And I, I like it. I think that Good is job. a fair trade. Give me two. Yeah. Send them to the Reds. Not laugh, huh? Send the Reds Jose Suarez as well, because I want him to go pitch somewhere. So, <laughs> all right, there it is. I'm gonna end the show. Right, Jackson, Jackson Frazier. Yeah, that's that's Clint oh, Frazier. He wants to be known as Jackson Frazier now. He's also gonna be Excuse known us. as Mr. Quade. Hey, yeah, definitely, maybe. I had to explain Quade to Travis and Eric on uh, oh, the Nine Pod. You heard that, yeah. I, it was really yeah. difficult. It was fascinating, those guys. They don't, it's wild. It's wild what they don't know. All right, there it is. We did it. We did the show. My Palazzo Pal, Robbie Thank Baseball. You. Thank you for having this me is, on. This was great, man. It really was. I mean, we could have, there's so many things I'm going to, I'm going to go back and listen to this stuff because so many things you said I want to listen to again and then look up the stuff that you talked about with the restaurant world and your experiences. Such a good time. Make sure you guys connect with Robbie. Come on. Follow the Dingers podcast. Connect with it. Subscribe to it. Follow him on Twitter. Robbie Baseball Numerical One. RobbieBaseball.com. Follow Ty Childs. I mean, connect with this whole thing that I got going on here. It's good times noodle salad. And I believe that wholeheartedly. And we, oh, look at this. The Winnipeg Free Press. Yeah. That, that is what from, is that? Uh, that was an article from October 13th, October 15th, 2013, talking about my restaurant uh, that was in the Canadian Wow. Press. So it was it, it. It got to a few different places in Canada. It was like the highlight of the restaurant. That and going on chopped um, were fun, exciting things. So I got to tell Leanne all about this yeah. stuff. She's going to be even more motivated for us to come visit you guys now because she didn't. She doesn't know the half of it. She really doesn't. And I always tell her, "Yeah, they live up that way." And they're like, "Oh, there's nothing up there." I'm like, "Well, I don't care." Oh, there I is. Mean, there is. I mean, who are these Winterites <laughs> to say there's nothing up there? Come on, what do you guys know, right? The the fun is what you make. And plus, we could always just go meet somewhere um, up by a cottage or whatever. You know, people often offer me things like, do you want to stay at my place? And I'll say, yeah, sure. And then I never take them up on it. Well, maybe we could arrange that I do take somebody up on one of those. And we could have a weekend. Do you say, yeah, water. sure, or yes, sir? Uh, literally, what I said was, <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Uh, Robbie is what Brad Garrett would be if he wasn't 50 feet tall. It was actually funny. Oh, man. That is good. Wow. Jeez, so I Brad like, Garrett's like not watch, funny is what he's saying. Yeah. He's saying I, you're I like funny. to watch. Um, uh, I was just going to say Home Improvement because now I got Detroit on the brain. But we watch Everybody Loves Ray. Uh-huh. Sure yeah. When I go upstairs um, to make pizza, which we'll, I'll get I'll get shit for now because uh, it's late and I, we should have already been eating. Um, oh, okay. Wife, I'm sorry. My, my, no, 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 not at all. My wife will uh, will forgive me because I'll say, well, we were talking about fun, exciting things. Um, like your 35th birthday, which was an undisclosed number of years ago. And other yeah. Things. It was a great laugh. <laughs> all right, there it is. I don't Thank you. Robbie B. <laughs> I'm really laughing now. Robbie B. Well, thanks so much for being here. There's my, he's, he's my Palazzo pal. He's your Palazzo pal. And until next time, thanks for everybody being here. Check us out on the Discord, the Patreon, etc. Two L's, two Z's. Thanks again. Give me two. Bye-bye. I can see you in the middle of a doubt. You told them we had a falling out. Sick of dogs on me. And you think the easy way out. So I will be a preacher when the circus comes to town. 
Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.